Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to Soconicast, episode 27, Grains and Games. Mm. 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 I'm your host, Hannah Whitevin. I'm your other host, Lucia Holly. Yeah. Yeah. And the third host is Petey, <laughs> the puppy who's sitting on my lap. He is the coziest oh, right now. He just got a bath last night, so he's like, he smells so good, and he's so fluffy. He's in Hannah's lap, and he's also atop a pillow on yeah, Hannah's he's lap. A royal dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Petey! Oh, Petey! Everyone's wearing him on his uh, their sweatshirts. Yes, walking around you. town. Ellie Robinson. Woo! Oh. How was your week, Hannah? Oh, it was good. I did the our. The bench press only meet. Cool, which was at Sulcana. Yeah, I PR my bench. Hey, congrats! By seven pounds. By seven, that's a lot of pounds for a bench. Yeah, so I was pretty wow. excited about it. Cool. I hit one forty nine and a half pounds. Awesome. So, which was like almost body weight. So I'm happy. Jeez. <laughs> I know. I'm excited about it. Yeah. And uh, it was really fun to do. And then yesterday, I PR'd my front squad. Say what? So oh, I'm hitting oh. that PR train pretty hard lately. Yeah, rocking those PRs, rocking those yeah. gains, dare I say. Dare I say. Which oh. is good because I'm leaving for Australia soon where I will, <laughs> where I will promptly lose all my gains. Not all. Not all, but some. <laughs> but some. Cool. And then you'll be so rested and ready to come back. Yeah, I'll come back and I'll just like, like nail it. it out. Yeah. Come back after a 14-hour flight and just... Hit a PR. Yeah. Just kidding. Ooh. How was your week? Uh, week was good. Week was, <laughs> did not compete in a bench uh, press competition. Come on. I know, right? But uh, appreciated that that was happening. Week was pretty, pretty minimal. Nothing crazy going on. Um, good stuff, though. Um, I will say, now that I'm thinking about my past week, I brought my mom to bring a friend day on Sunday. You did! I oh did! Oh my god, how'd she do? She did great. It was the sweetest thing. It was super cute. What did she think? Uh, she liked it. So she had done an intro at a different CrossFit about a year ago, and then at the same time, she also really got into running. So she did the intro, thought about going to that CrossFit, and then just like basically fell in love with running and that kind of cross it fell to the wayside um but now it's kind of seems like maybe she's in the flip where she's kind of sick of the running yeah it's easy to get because it is so repetitive yeah and and because it's winter now exactly yeah so so she won't be able to go outside much longer it's less compelling so it was really cool bringing her here and the class was with morgan who's just like as soon as he walked in my mom was like oh i feel really comfortable you know morgan is so nice and like Obviously, she knew this was not like a broy type of gym situation right. from what she's been hearing from me, but um, it was great for her to experience it. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was sweet. Anyway, I hope uh, she comes. I know, me too. I, to- I told her, I was like, come, come join. Just come hang out. Why not? Um, and then 
I'll update you on my challenge, and then we can talk about your challenge. Okay. So Hannah's challenge to me was to activate one of those different muscle groups that um, other muscles can be compensating for. So I chose my glutes, as I've been trying to do. And I did some different leg lifts, some different bridges to really engage the glutes, and it felt good. Um, it's something that I've been working on, so I kept on trucking along with it. Good. Yeah. Gotta get that butt working. Dude, it's all about the butt. Number one. <laughs> but number oh, the one. Other day, during, right before an improv show, I, I started working with a friend recently who's having some issues, and she's working on her glutes, mm. and... She was like, oh, yeah, Hannah did this test on me and tested my butt. And then everybody was like, oh, test my butt, test my butt. <laughs> so I was like in the in the green room yes. testing people's butts. They're like, oh, my God, my butt is so weak. <laughs> so you're not alone. What's, uh, what's the test? Can you describe it? Uh, basically, I have people lay on their bellies and keep their legs straight and try to lift their leg up and okay. then resist me pressing down. You've done that to me. Yeah, I don't <laughs> have to press down very hard nope. for people to just kind of collapse. So. Yeah. Yeah, they learned. Yeah, now now they can all work on their glutes too. Woo, Woo glute work. Glute so work, glute work, glute work. <laughs> that helps the glutes, right? Just by yeah. saying that. That's what I hope. Oh my god! Oh my I god. can see my challenge on the table. Okay, so Hannah's challenge from last week was to on air today eat some sardines. Why do they look so gross? They're not. Pass it over here. Okay, I'm gonna describe it to Hannah though. So these are little fillets. So it's just like a normal fish. They're both sides of the fillet. Okay. That's why they're darker colors because that's closer to the skin, just like salmon or any other fish. There's some lemon juice and some sea salt on it. Oh, oh, look at this lemon slice. <laughs> she made it look so pretty. I tried. It's just that the... I think what freaks me out is that I feel like I can... First of all, where are its bones? It's been de-skinned and deboned for the most part. How do they even debone a ti- this tiny little fish? They pull it out. Because the structure is so small, it's easy to pull out the whole spine. Oh, okay. It just looks kind of shetty. Well, okay, if you okay. pick at it like okay, that... Okay. <laughs> I'm going to squeeze my slice of lime. Okay, okay. I'm surprised Petey's not interested in this. I know. It's kind of like the best episode ever for a dog to be in a lap. He's not even smelling it. Like, no, he's so pooped. <laughs> yeah, it must have been hard for him to go on that 10-minute walk. Yeah, and get a bath. Okay. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, now Petey's smelling it. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, it tastes like tuna. Yeah, it's like exactly the same. I will tell you. I thought it was going to taste so fishy. It's not. Because I pictured anchovies that whole time. Yep. I think people do get anchovies and sardines confused. Well, because they're like, oh, you're packed into a crate like a sardine. And I'm like, like I picture little tiny fish. Yep. Oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. If, if If you've had tuna packed in water, if you've had tuna packed in olive oil, it is so darn similar. Mm-hmm. So now you have another option. That's lower, it's more debatable about like mercury, mercury. and all that sourcing. So, because the tuna's so big, uh huh. So, it eats all the other fish and can then accumulate what those little fishies have been. I like it, it's got a little bit more umami flavor than than a um, than tuna. tuna does, yeah. And it's not as dry as tuna, no. Tuna's so from a can, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much now. Petey's into it, yeah. Let's see if he likes it. Let's give him some. <laughs> he's not sure. He's oh, not. 
Prince... Oh, it's all over him now. <laughs> Little He's... Prince Petey just... eating sardine on his pillow. Yeah. I think he likes it. Oh, yeah, he's into it. Yeah. Maybe well, it was a le- maybe he, he got like a little drop of lemon at first. He, he was, was like, like, "Oh, what is that? <laughs> oh, this is gross. Now I'm all covered in sardines." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so sardines are not awful. They're not bad. Yay! I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish eating these sardines after the sh- after the episode. Good. There's a whole can left. Oh, great. <laughs> anyway, anywho, let's talk about grains and gains. Let's do it. What made you want to do grains today? What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about the plethora of things you can be thinking about when you're eating grains. Because, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I think uh, people can assume. Well. If someone, what do you think of when you think of grains, Hannah? I think of a type of food that's been processed from a dry plant, mm-hmm. and it's uh, like could be rice or could be wheat, could be barley or oats. Yeah, could be quinoa. Mm-hmm. Quinoa is a pilaf. Yeah. Quinoa is an interesting one, too. Because it's like a half grain. It's a pseudo grain. <laughs> uh, pilaf. Um, what else? Those are Risotto. good. Risotto. Risotto. That's, That's rice. It's a rice dish. Yep. Corn. 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 <laughs> I couple corn as a grain, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. You listed a vast majority of grains. Yes. So here are a few. Well, I'm just going to read through, but you are a listed quite a few. So wheat, rye, and barley. Rye. Yeah. Rye. And those. Hops? No. No. I, be- mm, I believe hops are. They're a vine. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're separate than a grain. I'm going to Google a picture of hops. Yeah. So wheat, rye, barley, those are the three gluten-containing grains. So we have to also have to remember that some grains have gluten and many others don't. So wheat, rye, barley, uh, bulgur, couscous, which is actually a very like small type of pasta, oh, yeah. basically made from wheat, uh, farina, which is more similar to like wheat flour. Um, we have some heritage types of grains as well, so very old grains, um, kamet, uh, spelt, and einkorn. There's orzo, semolina, sorghum. Uh, let's see. Do people just eat sorghum? You know, I've never seen someone prepare it as the plant. I've seen sorghum syrup, and I've seen sorghum flour, which is right. nice for gluten-free cooking. That's one of those gluten-free grains. Uh, rice, oats, corn, teff, and then those pseudograins. So pseudograins are actually seeds. So a grain is a seed of um, a grass. Whereas a pseudograin is going to be a seed of a broad leaf plant. Oh, <laughs> Love the definition, of right? Oh, makes total sense. By the way, hops is a flower. It's a flower. Okay, awesome. We all learn. So pseudograins would be something like amaranth, buckwheat, uh, quinoa, and then millet. I feel like there's kind of contention oh, yeah. around millet for whatever reason, but some hey, people zero contention. I like Aww, it. Aw, that's great. Aw, millet. Oh, millet. You know what I like it in? Waffles. Yeah. Waffles made with millet. <laughs> millet waffle. So where do we find it? At this point, everyone and anyone can be cultivating any types of these different grains. Um, not too much of a big deal right there. But I think also what's important is thinking about grains and where you can find them in the grocery store. So grain products would be comprise be kind of like a main ingredient in tons of different mm-hmm. um, foods that have been packaged especially that are in the middle of the grocery store 
You can get them in the bulk aisle of co-op. You can, too. You just go there and buy a thing of millet. Yeah. thing of millet. A thing of millet. You can. It's pretty tasty. It cooks up just like rice or quinoa. Put some butter in it. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Invite me over. <laughs> hey, girl, I'm having a millet party. <laughs> oh, my it's God. I've waited my whole life. It's the word. Rice is very um, poetic. It's rice. Very romantic sounding. Ooh, romantic? Adventurous. Mm, risotto's romantic. Millet sounds like uh, <laughs> rickets. <It's laughs> it also sounds like bird feed. Yeah. Millet. It's, hard, it's like a hard T, the hard T's millet. after a double L. Like a pellet. Just turn off. <laughs> that will not be your challenge is to eat millet next week. We won't do that on oh, air. It could be. It's pretty good. Well... <laughs> Now every challenge is Hannah eating something on that air. Is, that is something I've perceived as gross. Yeah, 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 yep. Okay, so that's what I want people to be thinking about is how often they encounter grains, regardless of whether or not you're choosing to eat a lower-grain diet, um, a no-grain diet. That's very much part of being paleo or primal is that grains are taken out. Because um, they don't grow on their own. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, wait a second. Wait. People have been eating those things for a long time. We've been cultivating them for a long time. Especially like rice rice, and corn. Rice and corn, maize, and um, wheat as well is a huge crop that could be grown in abundance and then stored throughout the winter. And, you know, it could be a food that people could fall back on in times right. of drought or issues when we are all very much more agrarian and living off the land. Okay, so what do grains give us? They are a source of carbohydrate. They also have protein and a very minimal amount of fat, so they're mostly categorized as a carbohydrate. Um, But with any macronutrient, there's usually some amount of the other two macronutrients in there as well. Grains can provide us with different B vitamins, fiber, minerals, and then calories in the form of carbohydrates. So they give us that quick energy. Um, why do we care? God, there's so many reasons. I started typing the stuff out. It's like, oh, grains are kind of, there's so many things to be thinking about. I thought this would be easy. No, I don't want to talk about forever. Okay, so the reason grains are taken out when a paleo diet is the idea that way, 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 way back in the day, we were not cultivating grains. So we, we would not encounter them We're on the regular. Like way back. Right. When, people, when there was a child mortality rate of like 90%. <laughs> when the hunter-gatherers were hunting and gathering. And dragging each other around by their hair. Ouch. Ouch. No. Um, so some of the argument in the paleoprimal sphere against grains is that they contain some anti-nutrients in them. They're harder to digest. And some of those grains also contain gluten. Mm -hmm. So gluten, to recap, is a protein. And it's a larger protein. So because of that, if your digestion is compromised, it can be harder to break down. We want proteins to be broken down. And you can go listen to the stomach acid episode. Um, Also, some of the stuff I'm talking about, you can go listen to our organic and overload episode too, because this will apply. But you want to be breaking down proteins into amino acids and peptides so that by the time they get to your small intestine, they're in these little tiny uh, pieces that you can easily absorb and take those nutrients from. If they're bigger, that can lead to some systemic inflammation. So what's making them less digestible? There are two main things. They're phytates, and those are in the grain itself, whether they contain gluten or not. 
Um, these phytates can bind to dietary minerals and prevent some absorption. <laughs> right? Great minerals. Yeah. So even though these grains, whole grains, or if they're more processed, even if they're touted as a source of minerals, if they also are coming along with those phytates, those can also then bind to the mineral and make it less absorbable. Fine. <laughs> uh, but what you can do, and this is where backlash is put against the paleo or primal sphere, is if you don't have major digestive issues, you can also work on fermenting or soaking or sprouting your grains, regardless of whether or not they have gluten, in order to reduce the level of phytates that they have. Oh. Break them Can down. You sprout rice, or is it just soaking? Uh, I I believe you cannot sprout like white rice, right? Because um, white rice, like brown rice, you could because it still is a thing. Depending on I how know, wait 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 depending on how they treat it. So we'll get to this too. Okay. Okay. So they're phytates. That's one thing people talk about. We talk about digestion. We have gluten. Another thing for those three gluten-containing grains, and then there are lectins. So lectins are especially high in seeds of the grass family, which is what we're talking about, um, which is why some people might opt for those pseudo grains. They might feel better um, eating quinoa versus rice, quinoa versus uh, wheat or barley. Um, these lectins can cause agglutination, which is not necessarily gluten related, but agglutination is a reaction in which particles suspended in a liquid collect into clumps and which occurs especially as a response to a specific antibody. So that can be happening in your blood. Ooh. Yeah. So it can mess some stuff up. Yeah, nobody likes blood cl clumps. <laughs> that clumpy blood. blood clumps. Clumpy blooded Lucia. There she goes. Uh, it's oh. just not clotting, it's just clumpy. <laughs> Ouch. Okay, so again, with the phytates, with the lectin, even with the gluten, there are counter arguments to those as well. So some people are saying, well, if you're getting phytates in, not on the regular, if it's part of a more balanced diet, then your body should ideally be strong enough to handle that um, bit of anti-nutrient. And if that's one of the main stressors in your body and that's it, that's you can have an adaptive response to that stressor. So lots of, again, contention, blah, blah, blah. Just blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Fights I, and fights. Yeah, I, I get frustrated with this stuff. And I'm someone who's primarily grain-free, definitely don't do gluten-containing grains, but I think for any of this, you have to go off of how you feel. Yeah, so uh, let me tell you what, I love me some white rice. Yeah. Even, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Sometimes a girl gotta have some carbs, you know what I mean? Oh, God. I mean, half of, <laughs> you like, half of the challenge when I see um, people coming in for one-on-one -on -one consults or for group classes is, to, is breaking the low carb dogma, mm -hmm. and then before that, breaking the low fat dogma that came a decade or two. Because imagine if you were low fat and low carb. Ow! What are you eating? Then you can get isn't there if you eat only protein, like really if someone's only eating protein, then they you, smell like maple syrup. Um, so ketosis protein can actually negate ketosis. Oh, okay. Uh, so if you're only eating fat, then yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> then you definitely smell. You'd that have that. To me. Yeah, that maple syrup breath from being in um, dietary ketosis. Yeah. If you're only eating protein, though, you're not going to last very long. It's called rabbit starvation. Don't do it. You need carbs and you need fat. Moving on, though. So other considerations when we're thinking about grains. Some people argue that they lack nutrients. So the amount of calories that you'd be consuming in a portion of a grain. Sure. People will argue, well, if you ate that same amount of calories from a starchy vegetable or a not-so-starchy vegetable or um, 
organ meat fat that the amount of vitamins and minerals you'd be getting is more so so they're saying okay grains are nutrient poor fine fine get it that's that's something birthday cake (laughs) you got to do you whatever that means another is the impact on insulin so if someone's diet is mainly based oh Petey's getting more sardine the lucky the lucky dog (laughs) question mark lucky Um, so if someone's diet is mostly based in grains, then that's going to have an impact on their insulin. We're, yeah, they're going to be so sleepy. They're going to be sleepy because they'll be spiking their blood sugar up, and then their blood sugar will be crashing, and they'll be kind of bound to that cycle of big rises and falls in their blood sugar. Um, again, one thing to be thinking about with that is how is the grain processed? So has it been turned into a flour? Has it have all the nutrients been stripped from it and has been made very shelf stable because Mm. if you're making a dish with a flour that's going to be more grains total than if you were to eat those in their more whole form right gmos are a big (laughs) a big subject i i'm not going to have an opinion on them but some people (laughs) will argue that genetically modified uh grains are going to be more difficult and more burdensome on the human body to be processing Pesticides is another consideration. So if you're not opting for organic types of grains or you're eating more conventional processed foods that don't and you don't know one way or another, then there will be an increased risk of having pesticides on those. Which uh, <laughs> what? It's just so much work. It's a lot of work. There's it's more than just I, with grains. I think people think grains are carbs, carbs are bad. I shouldn't eat them. Oh, I think carbs are great. I eat them all the time. Good. I like that. Tomorrow I'm going to have pancakes. (laughs) I've been thinking about it for a week. But there's so much more to think about. Rather than just my pancakes? No, no, no. (laughs) Get those pancakes. (laughs) Eat them up. Just kidding. Just kidding. But like, like how we can be now thinking about conventional raised meat versus pastured versus grass-fed and how we understand that the quality of meat is important in a similar vein the quality of other foods we're eating is also important yeah same with grains so other things that grains can be subjected to they can be bleached when they're the flour okay so then you maybe have some chemical leftovers even if it's a small amount if they make up a big part of your diet and maybe you're not getting nutrients from other foods to help support your body's ability to detoxify that could become a problem later on they can be irradiated this is also something to mention in organics and overloads uh oh yeah overload so if a food is organic it won't be irradiated okay um they do this they irradiate to kill mold to kill flies, to prevent sprouting, which is what I was talking about before. So to make render things unsproutable. So basically killing it off. Oh. Yes. Okay. We want our foods to be alive. <laughs> Definitely alive enough to keep growing. All of this stuff made me really sad when I was writing it out. It's like, God, they do so much to those beautiful grains. Yeah. Grains are glorious. They're okay. They have their place. If your stomach isn't in a place, your gut isn't in a place to be digesting them, that's okay. You got to do you. But if your gut isn't a place, they can have good things. You just want to look at how have they been prepared? How did I encounter them? Uh, you know, like <laughs> <In> what, <laughs> wild or what's their shelf life? Is this an organic grain? How is it grown? What type of soil was it grown in? Was it mineral rich soil? Don't get overwhelmed, but just think about these things. Okay. A few other things can be fumigated as well. 
To get the stink out? <laughs> to also... Or to put some new stink in? Um, to control any pests that might be on top oh. of it. So in large batches of grains, they can be fumigated, which is maintaining a, co- a toxic concentration of gas for a period long enough to kill those pests. Cool. Yeah. Yummy. Yeah. Yum. So tasty. Uh, one of the fumigation chemicals is methyl bromide. Um, bromide is also something that's put onto household items to make them flame um, resistant. And then we're eating something that flame might be containing that. Yeah. This food will never catch a fire. <laughs> never catch fire. So what can you do? You can choose organic. You could choose heritage varieties of gluten-containing grains like spelt, camet, or einkorn, which are going to have lower levels naturally of gluten. Because another thing that we need to be thinking about is the fact that the gluten that's being, or the wheat that's being grown now is a high gluten wheat. On it's, purpose. On purpose. It's a hybrid because from a culinary point of view, people want that higher gluten in their to flour to make those long strands of gluten that hold bread together, that make a cake rise really evenly and perfectly. Mm-hmm. If it's higher gluten, then there's more likelihood that it's not so easily digestible. You could also choose pseudo grains. You could try out the millet. You could try out quinoa, amaranth. See if that's easier quinoa, digestion. You know, people love their quinoa. They love their quinoa. Um, buckwheat pancakes are delicious. You know, I'm having some of those tomorrow. <laughs> hey You could also choose no grain. You could opt out from eating any grains for two weeks, see how you feel, and then reincorporate them back in. Basically do a mini elimination trial. You could choose no refined grains. So maybe you're only opting to eat grains when you know more about their sourcing yeah. or that it's more in its whole form. Um, you could only prepare grains at home. You could ferment or s- soak, sprout those grains, make some fermented pancake batter, and then cook it up. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Hannah. Is that real? Yeah. How do you ferment your pancakes? You just leave it on the counter for a few days. <laughs> Not even a few days, Hannah. Just like six to twelve hours. <laughs> so like make so like mix up your stuff, mm-hmm. and then just leave it out. And typically, you would add in some sort of acid, so like maybe a little bit of lemon juice or vinegar, and then you let it sit out for a little bit. Yeah. What does it taste like? It's pretty similar. It's not. But like sourier. It wouldn't be like a true like sourdough. That's a whole different whole different creature, almost literally. <laughs> Is anyone still following me here? <laughs> uh, good night. Um, no, it's a very short ferment. So it really breaks it down. Often it can make batters, um, in my opinion, sometimes sweeter because you're breaking down, down that carbohydrate more. Um, hmm. And this is something we do in the Essential U class, or I tell people to do when we're talking about a digestion. If we aren't chewing our food enough, we're not mixing it with enough saliva. We want to mix our food with saliva because we have salivary amylase, which is an enzyme that specifically starts to break down carbohydrates. It's our initial carbohydrate breakdown. You can tell that that amylase is working in your mouth by continuing to chew a carbohydrate past when you, you know, past like four chews, you're chewing it up just for this little experiment. Because it's just a mush. But if you chew it long enough, that carbohydrate, like in a white potato or soup or whatever, rice, will actually start to taste a little bit sweeter. Interesting. Because you're breaking the carb into a smaller and smaller form, into more of a simple sugar. The more you know, am I right? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like doing like a similar thing like in your pancake batter. Okay, I'll consider it. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Cool. So that's what I have on grains. Nothing in particular. I don't want to put.
put people on one side or another. I feel like people do that. This That's isn't okay. It's a grains debate. It's not a grains it's debate. It's a grains information session. It's just a factual audio sheet. We just provide the facts and you make the decisions. Yeah. If you want a grain, good. If you want a pseudo grain, good. If you don't want any grain, good. If you're going to make a gluten free grain treat, bring me one. Yeah, please. Or two. I'll have the ones with gluten in them. Yeah. Just kidding. I'll eat anything. <laughs> So my challenge for you this week, I don't know, I had like a tough time coming up with one. Yeah, well, I've been like uh, carb cycling, so, you know, some days I'm not eating any grains at all. So on the day that you are eating a grain, I want you to do that chew test. I want you to take a bite of mainly like a pure starch, like your rice or oats, and keep on chewing it and notice if you can taste that it tastes a little bit sweeter. Okay. Maybe we could do it live <laughs> on air. <laughs> yes, right up to the mic. Sorry. <laughs> Should we talk about gains? I would love to. Well, listen. Gains, this question came up for this category because someone posted on our Facebook group yeah. and said, Hey, guys, I want to know, what's with people saying cardio will steal your gains? Mm. Gains spelled with the Z. <laughs> Of course. Was there a what, hashtag? Yeah, hashtag gains. <laughs> What's the people saying their cardio will steal your gains? Is that true or not? So that's a little bit of a complicated question. Mm. Um, really, I think what that person is getting at is will you lose muscle mass if you spend too much time doing cardio? Yeah. Short answer is yes. The long answer is depends. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> depends on a lot of things. Yeah. Let's start with this. How does one make hashtag gains with a Z? We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. It's come up on this show in the past. It has. There is a certain time when you're being physically active, there's this very special time where you actually actively recover and gain muscle. That time is known as your rest period. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Ba, 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 ba. You actually make gains when you're resting. Yes, which is why recovery is so darn important. So darn important. So mm. uh, you work out. Let's say you do heavy squats, do a heavy back squat sesh. You work out. Your legs are fried. You go home. You go to sleep. While you're sleeping, your body is rep- repairing and replacing the damaged muscle fibers that you broke up mm-hmm. when you were squatting through a cellular process where it essentially your your body's fusing muscle fibers together to form new muscle protein strands um, or myo, myofibrils. Mm. I've that before. Love that. Those new guys, those new protein strands can be thicker and you and you can create more of them mm-hmm. to basically increase the size of your muscle or to induce hypertrophy. Hypertrophy. We've had this conversation before. What? <laughs> Just once. Um, so in order to induce muscle hypertrophy, you have to break your muscle fibers down and allow them to rebuild. The only time that can happen is when you're actually resting. You can't, it doesn't, you don't grow muscle while you're working out. Your workout is your stress, and then your rest is your adaptation to that stress. Correct. Yeah. So you introduce a stressor that is ideally increasingly 
difficult or heavy so that you can have a better adaptation every time. But um, the other part of that is in order for that to happen, in order for you to have a muscle protein synthesis that's greater than the muscle breakdown, mm. you have to rest, but you also have to eat food. <laughs> Wow! Crazy. So let's let's go. It's not like you step. and I talk about that ever. I know. Let's go back one step. Person who asked that question, aka Ryan, in order for you to gain muscle, you have to work out and then rest and eat enough food and eat enough food before, during, and after your workout. Yes. You gotta eat to make gains. Yes. That's why people when people try to like move up a weight class or are trying to put on significant muscle mass, they go on like a crazy. High carb, high protein diet. They're just high fat like too. Filling their bodies, and high fat too. Yeah, where they're just filling their bodies with food. Or like Olympic athletes, when you hear when the Olympics come around and they say like, "Oh, Michael," and this is from like so long ago now, but like Michael, Michael Phelps, like ten thousand calories at McDonald's. Yeah, it's like yes. Yeah, they're not trying to lose fat. No. Uh, before the Olympics. No. So that's generally how you make gains. Um, then the question is for you to ask yourself, if you're asking like, oh, so if I'm trying to make my gains, like how do I avoid getting, losing my gains? Well, number one, eat enough food, mm-hmm. uh, and eat a variety of food that will, that is easily digestible. And can I, can I yes. say too, that if you're looking to build muscle while also cutting some fat, if you're coming from a place of eating lower calorie and not enough food, Often, I think your body is so darn happy when you've increased the calories that it naturally lets some stuff go because it's out of that major stress mode of yeah. kind of low calorie, uh, almost starvation, yeah. depending on the person. Right. So then on, once you've thought about that, like, you know, you have to rest, you know, you have to add a stressor every time, you know that you have to feed yourself. <laughs> um, the question you should ask yourself is like, what kind of gains do you actually want? Mm. So, like, if you're trying to be purely a strength-based athlete, like, for a specific sport, or such as powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting, you really might not need much cardio. (gasps) Oh, my God. (laughs) What? (laughs) You mean that you can exercise, gain strength, increase bone density... Build muscle mass, get leaner, and feel better all without doing cardio. No, it sounds too easy. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. It's much, much harder. <laughs> so a lot of times you have much longer sessions. Ah. Anyway, so if you're trying to do a strength-specific sport, like cardio is not going to be a friend of yours. Unless you're looking at doing, like an Olympic weightlifter might do like three sets of ten box jumps. That's, that might be their version of cardio. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Or um, a bunch of strict strength elements, mm-hmm. like t- strict toes to bar, strict pull-ups. Sure. Um, or stuff that targets areas that they're weakest. Mm-hmm. But they're not, like, trying to go out and run they're for not, 30 minutes. They're not logging miles. No, because they know that that's going to reduce their strength. Yeah. We'll talk about why in just a second. But if you're seeking strict strength, like if you just really want to be a dope powerlifter, <laughs> you don't need really to do cardio. Mm-hmm. At least not very often and not for a long duration. Or do it do it for pleasure yeah, here just, and there, enjoy it. but it doesn't need to be part of your training No, it's regime. certainly not going to help you be... Like running two miles is not going to help you deadlift better. It just isn't. Mm. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you're a CrossFitter, you definitely need to be doing some version of metabolic conditioning, aka cardio, or however you want to talk about it. Because CrossFitters need to be prepared to be doing heavy weights, but they need to be prepared to be doing medium heavy weights mm-hmm. in workouts that are three to 20 minutes long. Right. Moving those quickly. Yeah. But that's not like uh, cardio, cardio. Those are short duration sprint exercises mm-hmm. with high intensity. Um, those people, those like CrossFitters who are super successful have a base strength of, like they have a base of very strong strongness. Very <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> What's that? Words. They have a very s- strong base in like power and Olympic lifts. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, they also do high rep technical skills like bunch of pull-ups or a bunch of handstand push-ups or you name it, they're doing it. Um, so if you think about them, they are not going to compare to somebody like a power lifter for their deadlift. Right. Like they may be able to do a 405 pound deadlift. But, like, a powerlifter can do, like, a 700-pound deadlift. Yeah. So, <laughs> but they have an overall greater number of wide-range abilities, mm-hmm. and they can use those, they can use lots of variety of skills within workouts. Mm-hmm. That being said, a CrossFitter is probably not going to keep up on a marathon run with an endurance athlete. Right. So, if you're looking for... To, to compete in endurance sports like low slow cardio then you need to do low slow cardio you have to pick your battle yeah as well as like we talked about before having strength elements and short intensity duration uh, workouts as well mm-hmm. but their strength goals are only in order to fuel their endurance goals right so they're not worried as much about strict strength so for them it's like not as important that they are consistently PRing their deadlift or their back squat right it's more like doing high rep sets in order to increase their muscle endurance mm-hmm. throughout a workout. Right. So you have to like decide what do you want. You know, do you want strictly gains for gains sake? Then yeah, you should probably not <laughs> do a ton of cardio. Yeah. But if you want a mixture of both, you gotta do a mixture of both. And if you want one over the other, you gotta do one over the other a little bit more frequently. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's <laughs> how it is. If you want to be a really really good Olympic weightlifter. You probably just have to do a lot of Olympic weightlifting. Yeah. And you have to get really, really strong and not destroy those strength gains. You have to recover. Yeah. You really have to recover. Yes. It's like the more intense you are about something, the more intense that recovery and that time off needs to be. Yeah. So basically that's the essence of why your cardio can quote unquote steal gains Mm -hmm. is because of lack of recovery. Like if you are doing a long cardio session like immediately follow a, following a heavy lifting session like if I go to the gym and I lift for two hours which I do <laughs> if I lift for two hours on practicing all my Olympic lifts and I'm moving for most of that time and I'm lifting lifting and then I try to go do like fucking 20 minute AMRAP with like 400 meter run and all mm. that stuff first of all I can't yeah yuck <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm working at like 60% effort secondly I'm setting myself up to to take away energy that in my that's in my body from food, mm-hmm. away from the muscle gains that I'm looking to get, and into the my basic survival as I'm moving for as I'm moving through this like low intensity cardio workout. Yeah, and you're you're putting off recovery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm delaying recovery. 
you need to have recovery and you need to have energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like one of the biggest things people do that I think is works against them is like you'll notice on Fridays right now we're doing heavy back squat days. That's mm-hmm. our heaviest day. It's like our opportunity to gain the most um, specific back, back squat strength throughout the week. Yeah. So we do like a little bit of metabolic conditioning right beforehand just to like wake up the system Mm -hmm. and to get blood flow and to like, you know, um, increase blood through the muscles. But then once we go into high, the, the high rep pack squatting after that, we finish with like more pause squatting and then it's done. Mm. I'm like, okay, bye. If you want to take those (laughs) gains home, take them now. Yeah. Don't stay around and do 40 minutes on the rower. Right. Because you're going to find that you aren't gaining strength from week to week. Would you say someone could still, like, stick around and do mobility? Oh, yeah. Or be in their body and moving their body? It's just not to the degree that it would be classified as cardio. Yes. Yeah. Or you could even stay around and do, like, a slow fit is what I call it. (laughs) Pick three exercises, do ten reps of each. Mm -hmm. Like, ten strict pull-ups with ten weighted push-ups and, you know, ten... Um, kettlebell deadlifts. Hey, <laughs> yeah, whatever. And you just don't go to like full capacity, mm-hmm. so that you can actually support those gains that you're making. Or take a break between sessions and eat and recover. Yeah, that is what professional CrossFitters do. Yeah, they'll have a session in the morning. They eat, recover, sleep, recover, eat, and then have a session in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. They're not like going off on their busy lives in between. Right. Um, they're, they're purposely recovering because they understand that in order to make actual gains, they have to have recovery time in between. For the average CrossFitter, it's fine to come to the gym, do 15 to 20 minutes of strength training, follow it up with a 3 to 20 minute um, in high intensity uh, workout, yeah. me- metabolic conditioning. That's going to be fine for them because they're only working up for an hour. They are energized for that hour. Their strength training is specifically to be better at lots of different movements yeah. um, versus trying to just build only strength. So, you know, if you're just like coming to the gym three days a week, like you don't really need to think about this too much because yeah. you're going to be making gains just from being involved in a high intensity style of fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why that's why when we do workouts at the gym, we do things that have like a weighted element in them and are short and very fast. Yeah. Because you're more likely to see within the workout, you're more likely to see muscle growth and fat burning in that style of workout than you are to see it in a longer endurance cardio. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just looking to burn fat, fine. You can mix up those high intensity workouts with some other low slow cardio, but just know that you are making a trade-off. And two, if you're working towards building more muscle, muscle burns more calories. So if yep. you are like still also focused on losing fat or looking at your body fat composition and ratios, understand that increasing that muscle is metabolically going to do you yes. some favors later on. Yes. I feel like this... this uh, conversation sort of has like two sides to it one is like for the person who asked this i think his biggest concern is wanting to be really good at olympic weightlifting Mm -hmm. and and make gains there so then it's like well you know he enjoys the cardio and so you know he should do that sometimes Mm -hmm. just limit it to under 20 minutes 
you know, try to think about three days a week and um, make sure you eat in between. If you're going to do a long training Olympic weightlifting session, definitely eat in between or just trade it off. So three days a week you're doing regular old CrossFit class. Three days a week you're doing like these long strength sessions. And after those strength sessions, you're not doing a cardio. Right. Like make a trade. And then the other side of the, the, this conversation is like if you're the type of person who thinks like maybe this tends to be more women. Mm-hmm. I need to do like 40 minutes on the elliptical to get what I want. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, <laughs> you don't. You can just do strength training. You could just do strength training and see a vast change in your body, mm-hmm. in the way it looks, the way it feels, the way you move, the way you um, can function in the world without necessarily doing like all this like fat burning, quote unquote, yep. cardio stuff. Yep. Like so, people are lying to you. <laughs> like the magazines are lying to you. The, it's the same like low fat culture that has convinced people that they mm-hmm. need to just like use a treadmill until they're dead. It's not real. You don't have to do that. You can be powerful. Mm-hmm. You can be big and awesome. You can. You can have thick ass thighs <laughs> and lift lots of weight and f- still feel the leanest you've ever felt in your life. Still feel the strongest and the most capable. Look at the best you've ever looked, mm-hmm. you know, in your whatever your perception is of that. You don't need to be like a tiny little fragile leaf in this world to be lean or whatever it is to be fit. Yeah, you can take up space. Yes, and girl. once once you start to take up that space, you're like, oh, yes, please, oh, please take up space. Yeah, you know, outgrow your shirts. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, when you when it starts to squeeze a little too tight around the sleeve, and you're like, oh, my biceps are too big. Yeah, girl, get a bigger shirt. Yeah, that's good. Get bigger pants. It's okay. It's empowering too. <laughs> yes, you mm-hmm. need to take up space, and in order to do that, you need to be really aware of that strength portion of the workout. Right. If you're in there just to, like, lose fat, you need to be lifting weights. If you're in there to get stronger, you need to be lifting weights. <laughs> if you're in there to increase bone density and to prevent disease, lift weights. Yes. Please. Yes. You are not, I'm not making you do that to waste your time. No. Your hormonal adaptations to what's going on when you are strength training is so efficient. Yes. Your body... I feel like people's bodies are craving it and they don't even know until they try it. Yes. And then their bodies are like, whoop, 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 whoop. Yep. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yep. You're like, oh, yeah, that was great. I want to keep doing this. And the thing is, like, if you are, I mean, the, the place where people see the most issues that they come up against is during the high intensity metabolic conditioning like I think there's value to it there's lots of value to metabolic conditioning it it creates new neuro- neurological pathways for you it helps you be more adaptive um you know it it allows you to have better endurance it allows you to have better cardio respi- respiratory uh cardiovascular strength health <laughs> it, there's lots of benefits mm-hmm. to doing that however if you're trying to come at your new uh routine and you're trying to find like basic foundational health, the first place you should look is strength training. Mm-hmm. The first place. You'll lose weight, you'll get stronger, you'll have better uh, overall capacity for doing things like high intensity cardio down the line. Like I don't see people often get injured lifting weights. Mm-hmm. 
I see people get mostly injured or irritated or inflamed when they're doing high-intensity workouts where they're not thinking about their form. Right, or, right. Or they're hitting a fatigue point that they can't come back from. Or, or they've, they've come in and they've had multiple stressful long days they're not yep. sleeping well yes they're coming in from traveling for work yeah they would, haven't been moving much i would much rather see somebody come in and put in some real focus and energy into their strength portion of class and then during the workout just kind of like do what feels good yeah, have and fun. move yeah. maybe sweat a little bit have a little fun cheer for someone else mm-hmm. like just move you know and feel good that, I would much rather have that than someone come in and kind of like phone it in during the strength session and go balls to the wall during the mat con. Yeah. And I think it's easy for a lot of people to do that because strength is very intimidating. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, I'll just do this. And then I can get to the mat con. And yes. the mat con, okay, I, like I know I can squat, uh, yes. you know, a body weight squat. Or I know I can do some push-ups on a box. Yeah. So I'll just, I'll make it up when I'm doing that. Yeah. And I don't want to like belittle the importance of doing that short duration, high intensity metabolic conditioning, because it is really important. It's like a huge tenet of CrossFit. But there are um, a lot of circumstances where it might not be the best fit, mm-hmm. either on a day-to-day basis, for your goals, for what your body can tolerate. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You can just approach it with an attitude of like, I'm just here to have a little bit of fun and enjoy myself. If you're an Olympic weightlifter, if you want to be super strong and you do a little bit of metabolic conditioning on the side, just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Just make it fun for yourself, you know, and don't worry about whether or not you hit the RX every time, Mm -hmm. especially if you just killed yourself in the the (laughs) weight room. Right. Um, Awesome. The last thing I'll say about that is there's one thing that can happen that that can be a result of of going overboard in your cardio Mm. without taking care of yourself which is if you basically get your body into a catabolic state Mm -hmm. and you're doing excessive training without any food recovery sleep yeah basically overtraining and under recovery Mm -hmm. then you're gonna find especially with like you're not eating enough protein uh you're gonna find that you are tired Mm -hmm. that you are in pain you have joint inflammation you have sleeplessness (laughs) or like hyper fatigue plus sleeplessness. What a fun thing. I, yeah, people who are overtraining, they're pushing their bodies into, I would say, or towards adrenal fatigue or yeah. just adrenal upset. Yeah. And our adrenal system is a is a backup stress system and we don't want to be tapping into it unless no. we really need to. Right. So eat food. Like basically, if you want to be super <laughs> strong, you got to yes. eat a lot of food and you yes. have to recover. Yeah. If you're going to lift heavy weights, you better sleep eight to nine hours that night, mm-hmm. every night. And you better mobilize and eat your food and eat your food and eat your food even on days when you're not working <laughs> Wait, out. Wait, say you should it really one more eat food. time. Eat that food, girl. Thank you. <laughs> so there's your answer. Yes and no. Cardio can steal your gains. If you're doing any cardio longer than 20 minutes, then you're just working against your desire to build strength, uh, especially if it's low, slow. I'd like to add one thing, too. Yeah. So for people who are using, they're counting their macros, they're looking at their macronutrient intake, and they're looking at how many carbs, proteins, and dietary fats am I getting in, and they're doing that in order to be gaining. I think there can be a slippery slope where, yes, you're eating food, but there's this whole trend of if it fits your macros, 
Oh, yeah. I-I-F-Y-M, right? Hashtag I-I-F-Y-M. Uh, it's like, so yes, I got to eat, drink this milkshake today because it fit my macros. Yes, and once in a while, great. That's awesome. Have that flexibility. I think being too rigid in diet is not going to get very many people in a, towards a place that they actually want to be. Yeah. But understand that you want macros and you want micros, too. Your vitamins, your minerals, that's going to help get your bones strong. That's yeah. going to help bring calcium, A, into your system, and B, have your system be able to put it into your bones. So you have that skeletal strength. So you have muscles that are going to fire appropriately. So you have less dietary inflammation from getting in good quality fats. Yep. You got to look at your micros, which means eating wholesome, natural food that's beautiful and colorful. We said it. <laughs> we say it every week. Every week. I feel like I'm on a broken record machine. <laughs> But yet everyone still tunes in. Yes. <laughs> so eat your damn food. And make enough of it. Please. Gosh. I'm begging you to eat. It drives me crazy when people come from work and they haven't eaten anything and they just come straight to the gym. They're like, hope I get a PR today. <laughs> I'm like, you won't. You're like, please don't injure you yourself. Like, eat, uh, eat something, yeah. please. Like, yeah. I don't care what it is. At that point, mm -hmm. if you're that calorie deficit and you're trying to come in and do strength stuff, just eat something. Right. Don't make it a habit of, like, stopping at McDonald's on your way because you're like, coach says eat something. <laughs> but, like, if that's what you have to do before you come in for a strength session because you haven't eaten for six hours, then that's better than nothing. You have to treat yourself well if you want to see yes. results that are sustainable. you got to fuel those muscles. Yeah. Speaking of, I'm starving. <laughs> uh, I have more sardine. Oh, God. <laughs> I would like a challenge. Oh, you will? Yeah. You would? Yeah, I will. You have? I will and I would. You will? Yeah. Uh, okay, here's a question. <laughs> Are you coming to the gym after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving? Oh, good question. Um, I was planning on it, yes. You know, I just always like to notice after I go for a solid <laughs> 4,000 calorie Thanksgiving meal, yes. how strong I am the next day. Mm -hmm. After a solid recovery day or a couple days recovery, if you do Thursday and Friday off yeah. and you come back in Saturday. Yeah. Just like, just notice the difference. In, cool in your strength and also next week when we're doing the max out stuff purposely eat directly before class starts okay and then after you're done uh like just notice if you have the desire to do cardio and yeah. tell yourself no <laughs> yeah. okay yeah cool yeah great it's gonna be great and like give yourself the chance next week when we max out to max the heck out and mm -hmm. then sleep the heck away yeah just recover through the night right Okay. Thanks. A uh, big shout out to uh, Felipe for uh, texting me and saying, by the way, you should turn up your water heater because he heard the episode where I was complaining about my lukewarm bath. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> I did it. And thank you for uh, tweeting us too. Felipe tweets yes. us. Yes. He's the only one who does, but we appreciate that. <laughs> you can tweet us at Solcana Podcast. You can also now find us on Facebook. Heyo. If you look up Soconicast on the Facebook, you will see us. We are real. Click like. And in the new year, you might find that we are going to be moving our way over to a new home. Yay. We're going to be part of Noise Picnic. And we're super excited for that because we'll have some buddy podcasts on there. And we'll tell you all about those in the new year. But for now, um, and you just think about your, your butt. And your gains, and your grains, <laughs> and your butt. Like always. And your poop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this message from us. <laughs> Don't forget your poop in the new year. Never. Thanks to Taj, who is the pot of gold at the end of every rainbow. Mm. 
Yes. <laughs> See you all later on Soconicast. See ya. Soconicast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit soconicast.libsim.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at soconafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.